Well, happy Sabbath. How was your week? I love your honesty. Thank you. Ours was, uh, ours was hectic. This, the new school year getting started is, is always uh, a fun and interesting time. A time of a lot of junk food being eaten because there's no time to make dinner, you know? Uh, I know the staff has felt that way too. But I can't believe the summer's over already. Can you, can you imagine that? Uh, but here we are, mid-August. And uh, it's our one year, it was our one year anniversary of being here at the church on the first, six days ago. Already, wow, can you imagine? Yeah, the first year just kind of flew by, didn't it, with everything going on, all the craziness. And, uh, but man, God has really blessed us in this time, hasn't he? I mean, we, our church looks different, we've got new signs, our air conditioning works. <laughs> yeah, God's really blessed us. And uh, we've been doing a sermon series on the, the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today in light of mission and vision. And along with this, we're going to introduce a brand new mission emphasis, ministry emphasis for our church in the context of what God has been doing and continues to do. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. The title of our message is New Visions and Dreams. And so I just want to bow, let's bow our heads one more time and ask the Lord's presence as we open his word. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for the blessings already, uh, for seeing our school staff, the beautiful music, uh, singing together. Lord, it just feels so good seeing our church have uh, a full capacity or near it. And we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And we just ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be with us now as we look at moving forward and how your, your spirit has always guided the church as it moves forward in mission. And we want that for us here at the Port Charlotte Church as well. So bless us to that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. New visions and dreams. The Holy Spirit's always been part of new visions and dreams for the church. It was vital because, you know, the disciples really didn't know what they were doing. They were sitting there in the upper room at Pentecost, and they didn't quite know what to do with themselves, did they? They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to fall. They were waiting for something to happen. They were waiting for greater clarity and greater vision. And throughout the, Old, throughout the New Testament, Jesus guided the church. And do you believe that he guides the church to this day? I would hope so. I would hope that we believe that the Holy Spirit guides the church. We need him so much. The Holy Spirit guides the church in timing as well, in timing its mission. It's so important that as we look throughout the Bible, we learn those lessons that it's only the right time when God says that it is time. Are you with me on that? It's only the right time to move forward when God says it's, it's time. We see story after story in Scripture where people ran ahead of God or waited too long and the timing wasn't right. They weren't listening to the Lord's voice and things didn't work out well at all or maybe as well as they could have had they moved on the Lord's timing. And also directing focus. Many times in Scripture we see stories of the Lord saying, uh, we want, I want you to do this. And the church said, well, we want to do that. Or God's followers said, we want to do something different. But it's important that we're in tune with what God is doing and where God wants us. Amen? The Holy Spirit calls people into new missions and fields. Kelly and I could never have imagined being called to Minnesota a place colder than upstate New York. She did pray the prayer, Lord, never, never call me to, what was it, Alaska? Never call me to Alaska, she said. We don't like to say that out loud because you never know. But, uh, and she also doesn't like snakes or bugs, so Australia and some of those other places might not work for her either. But um, new missions and new fields, maybe that we never would have imagined, maybe new, new areas of ministry that we never would have thought of. The church being active in those areas and those roles, sometimes the Holy Spirit says, don't go there or don't do that. I want to give you an example of that in uh, where the Holy Spirit said, don't go there, go here. Turn with me in, in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 and we are going to begin reading in verse 6. Acts 16, 6. I always like to look at what you're looking at so I'll know what slide designs to use moving forward. Because you never quite know what it's going to look like. 
Acts 16.6. This is the early church moving. This is Paul wanting guidance as to where to go and what to do. And he had some ideas and the Lord had other ideas. Acts chapter 16 and verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word where? In Asia. To speak the word in Asia. Why would that be? Why wouldn't the Lord want them to go to Asia or to preach the word in Asia? We'll get back to that here in just a second. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right, so early on in this passage, we see a reference to Asia. Did you see that? Now, we're, we need to use our geography skills. It's a good thing that we have some teachers here today because they're going to need to help us. I'm, we're going to test you on your geography. Not really. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But... Where is Jerusalem? What continent is Jerusalem on? Anybody know? It's Asia. It's Asia. It's, it's a difficult one. You don't often think of Jerusalem and, and the Holy Land being in the continent of Asia, but it is. It's in Asia. It's not Africa. It's, it's not Europe. It's Asia. And what we see here, God saying to Paul is, Paul, it's time to leave where you've been. And the lands that Paul has said, well, I wanted to go into were in Asia. And the Lord is saying to Paul, it's time to go to Europe. Because if you know your geography, Macedonia is in Europe. I would have never guessed that, modern day Europe. I would have never guessed Macedonia was in Europe, but it is. Macedonia is in Europe. So it was time to leave where they had been, what was comfortable to them, what, what they had been teaching and preaching, the people they had been relating to and ministering to, and it was time to go to a new group of people. You see, it was comfortable. They knew what to say, and they felt like they hadn't covered all the ground that they could cover in Asia. But the Lord said, no, it's time to move on to Europe. To a different group of people, to a different mindset, a different mission, a different ministry. It's time to go to Europe. So sometimes God says through the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to go there. I want you to go here. And it was time to go to a different group of people in a different part of the world. They needed the Holy Spirit's guidance as we do. When God leads, he, he tells us some things that we're not ready for at times. The time had come for the gospel to move from modern-day Europe. This is why they're forbidden to go into Asia. They were instructed to leave what was familiar and what had been done before. Paul takes with him an untested young person with a lot of potential. His name was what? Timothy. That's right. His name was Timothy. Timothy was untested. Timothy was... Uh, not the seasoned veteran that Silas was. Paul and him knew how to work together. They'd been through many battles. They'd been in prison. They'd gone through a lot. Paul is impressed by the Holy Spirit to take some new blood with him and train him. It was time even to have new personnel on the scene with him. And sometimes the Lord says, I don't want you to work with that person. I want you to work with someone else. We need more people involved in this ministry. And so here we have Timothy joining the call to minister as Paul listened to the Holy Spirit. Timothy was untested. And uh, what, do we, what event do we see early on in the ministry of Paul and Timothy that must have been extremely uncomfortable for the two guys? Well, Paul circumcised Timothy, a grown man. <laughs> and... And it wasn't because God had asked of it. It's just that he knew that he would be running into people that might give him a hard time if he wasn't circumcised. They didn't want to have to deal with those issues or those questions with the people that they were trying to reach. They didn't want it to be a stumbling block. So before Paul takes Timothy with him, Paul circumcises Timothy. 
by the way, Paul being a preacher, I don't want that job, okay? Let's leave that to the medical professionals. I know still in some very orthodox Jewish churches, the, 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 the rabbi still does do that. So I'm glad we're New Testament Christians. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine what that was like between those two men. Sometimes the vision has to wait because the circumstances aren't right. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to a, a book of the Bible that you aren't used to turning to. It's the book of Habakkuk. It's even hard to say, isn't it? Habakkuk. And it's toward the end of the Old Testament. It's in those minor prophets back there. And there's a very powerful passage of Scripture. And I need to let you in on uh, what's happening uh, with the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a prophet. Makes no mistake about that. Introduces himself that way. The book introduces him that way. And he was the kind of prophet that had been warning the people, warning the nations, warning them that they didn't turn back to God if they didn't follow his ways, if they didn't listen to him, there was great destruction coming. And the more he preached, it seemed like the less got accomplished. There was more wickedness. There was more injustice. There was more sin. People just weren't listening. There was unfair things happening. People weren't being treated as they should have been treated. And Habakkuk was asking questions like, Lord, when will you ever act? Lord, when will you ever move? Do you ever feel like you are asking those same questions? Absolutely. We all do at times. Lord, aren't you going to do something? How can you let this happen? How can, how can you watch this taking place and you don't step up and do anything about it? These are the questions that Habakkuk is asking. And God has some really powerful and interesting words for him here. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. The Lord answered me, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. So he'll be motivated. He'll be sure and he'll be motivated who reads that vision. For still the vision awaits for a what? An appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, what? Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And what we see as we read through the book of Habakkuk and other related books around the same time of the Bible is that God is in fact moving. It's just not in the way that his people expected it to. Are you with me? It's not that... It's not that God wasn't acting. It's not that he wasn't active. It's not that he wasn't doing something. It's just not in the way that people like the prophet Habakkuk sat back and could see as a direct response to the wickedness that was taking place in the land. Are you following me? Have you ever experienced that in your life? Where you're asking God to move, you're asking God to do something, you're expecting him to respond and it seems like he's not doing anything. But then as time passes and you get to the end of that chapter of your life, you stop and you look back and you go, well, it was the Lord all along. I just couldn't see it. I just couldn't recognize it. I, I, it was, he was just acting in ways and he was setting things up behind the scenes for the fulfillment of what his promise was. It's just that there's no way I could have seen it. Have you ever had that experience in your life? A lot of us have. And so sometimes the Lord is moving behind the scenes to answer our prayers in ways that we never could have dreamed. And that's why, as we said last week, the Holy Spirit prays for us because we don't even know what we should pray. <laughs> we, we say, Lord, please do this and make that happen. And the Holy Spirit says, well, yeah, you're saying that, but you don't really know what you're asking because what your heart needs and what your life needs and what your community needs and what your church needs isn't really that, it's actually this. So the Holy Spirit translates that prayer, communicates it to the Savior, speaks to the Father, and they act together on our behalf to really answer what we really need. Amen? And so what was happening in, in Habakkuk's life is he had to learn the lesson 
that in order for God's promises and his prophecies to be fulfilled, the stage has to be properly set. Are you following what I'm saying there? The correct elements have to be involved. Things have to be in place in a certain way at a certain time in order for his promises to be fulfilled. That's why God sometimes says, wait. Wait in our prayers. Just wait. Be patient. I am acting. I'm setting the stage. I'm putting the chess pieces in place. I'm I'm, I'm putting the, the decorations, the, 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 the logistics to this event are all being taken care of behind the scenes. Just, you just can't see it. Please just trust. Trust that the prophecy is sure. And it's, as the passage said, because it's for an appointed time. Amen? Now here's the question for us. When the stage is set and the chess pieces are in place, and we recognize that it's the appointed time, what are we supposed to do? What do we do? How do we react? Well, what did Habakkuk say? Write the the prophecy in stone so you don't forget it. So that he who reads it may what? Run! And I don't mean run away. I mean go for it. Believe it. Claim it. And when you see all of the pieces in place, move, go for it, respond. Are you with me? And that's the way it is with living in the last days as well. The Lord tells us what's going to happen at the end of time so that we'll be ready and we'll be able to respond. When the pieces are in place, we'll know what to do. Amen? And I know this church is a praying church. You've been praying for God to act. You've been praying for the church to grow. We've been praying for our different ministries. Some of these ministries we're going to talk about here in just a second. Some of those ministries we weren't able to save. And that was a painful experience. We weren't able to save them. They had to end. And it may have felt like God wasn't doing anything. He wasn't responding. He wasn't sending the volunteers. He wasn't giving us the people that we needed in order to make it happen the way we felt it could. But I want to tell you, God was moving behind the scenes. He was putting the pieces in place. We just couldn't see it. And I want to get specific now because I believe that the stage is set. The time of the prophecy for this church has come and God is asking us to run. Amen? The Holy Spirit is absolutely moving at PCSDA. You know, this church, this church is a cutting-edge church. Did you know that? Did you know that? It has been for decades. Some of you, this church, really? Really, this church, a cutting-edge, it has. I saw the evidence of it in one of the drawers in the filing cabinets a few months ago. We had a letter from the county back in the 80s, commending and thanking the Port Charlotte Seventh-day Adventist Church for being the very first food pantry in the entire area. The very first food pantry. The very first one reaching out to the hungry. The very first one doing what God had asked us to do to feed those in need. Isn't that incredible? The very first one. And now if you do a Google search... Within the immediate area, there's over 16. But we were first. Isn't that wonderful? Cutting edge ministry. We were the very first food pantry in the entire area. We were commended by local and state government. And the connections that took place at our community services center were were wonderful. We were able to give people help and spiritual care and made friendships and and wonderful bonds were formed and and things were, were done and This was one of those ministries that we prayed for and we labored over and we stressed over and it just seemed like we couldn't, it's time was over. But I'm going to tell you, it's time isn't over because of what God has shown us. You know, the other ministry that is in the same, similar vein was Rainbow's End. Rainbow's End was a cutting edge thing here in our area. And I know for a lot of you, it was a painful experience to have to say goodbye to Rainbow's End because it was a, 
daycare, a top-of-the-line daycare, for over 30 years. No, no response from all of you, huh? Now, the rainbow zen that some of you knew toward the end wasn't the rainbow zen that it was early on, I'm told. Things happened over time. But early on, Rainbow Zen was the place to have your pre-K kids. And the church was known far and wide as, as the supporter for this great service. So what a wonderful entry into our community to be able to connect with these preschool kids and, and have that ministry and have that wonderful name recognition. We were helping families. We were, it was a good reputation for the Adventist Church in the area. It was a feeder for our school. We are making connections for young families to the church. It was just a, a wonderful, wonderful ministry. And it was cutting edge. So I want us to just stop right now. Stop everything else. Well, not everything else I've said. But I just want to stop because we, we seldom do this. We seldom celebrate and thank God for how he's led us in the past. And I think we need to celebrate what God did through Rainbow's End and what God did through community services. Can we applaud to the Lord for all of those years of ministry? It was His ministry. He accomplished so much through that. And sadly, because of some things that happened, some things that, that took place, it's time it ended, but we were like, Habakkuk, Lord, come on. Answer. Give us the volunteers we need. Provide us the people. Give us the money. Fix this issue. This isn't right. That needs to be helped. And it just seemed like God wasn't answering. Well, I want to tell you, God was moving behind the scenes, and he was putting the chess pieces in place. We just couldn't see it. And over the last year, or over the last year since I've been there, been here, We've had many conversations. We had a lot of conversations with our elders and our ministry leaders and in, in church business meetings and oh, just with so many of you about what were the best things about those ministries? What, were, what was really being accomplished through them? And what could we do to regain the best things about those great ministries? We spent an entire year having those conversations. And what we realized is that God has been leading us all along. Do you believe that? Would God leave a church who's been on the cutting edge of ministry to the community? We've been that way since the 80s. Would God just leave us and not give us the next thing? I don't believe that at all. I believe that he has been leading us. And he was putting these pieces in place as things were phasing out. You see... It started with all of a few individuals. A number of our members, a small group of our members, you know who they are, they know who they are, began to compile care baskets for needy new mothers and babies coming out of the hospital. You've seen those baskets. They're such a wonderful gift for, for babies and children and moms just coming out of that hospital. And that went on for a while. And it was a wonderful thing, a wonderful ministry. It wasn't even really a church ministry. It was led by individuals. And then as that relationship grew and as the people at the hospital and the health department were so touched by what we were doing, they asked us to get involved a little bit more. And what happened was you saw those drives we did earlier this year. That was in response to this relationship that was being built with the health department. The health department said... We would love to send young babies, newborns, and young families home with diapers. Some of them need diapers. They can't pay for their diapers. And we responded. Did you see that giant mountain of diapers out there in the foyer? It's really fun to buy things for babies, by the way, isn't it? I mean, come on. If you're going to donate something, that's a pretty great way, great thing to have. Oh, I guess I'll go buy baby clothes at the store. I guess I'll go look through children's books. It's a fun thing to do. And that was the second drive we did. We collected books to send home with these new moms because many of them don't have the funds that they need in order to buy books for their, for their children to read to them. And so out of the goodness of all of our hearts, we, we collected a mountain, hundreds of new books 
to read to these young children. And the relationship with Charlotte County grew, and it continued to grow. And as a result of these drives that we did, they called me up and they said, we are looking for a pastor and a church to sit on a task force with us in order to address these major issues in Charlotte County when it comes to young families and getting them started off in the right way. Now, I want, I want to just pause on that for a second. Because usually, what are churches trying to do, trying to do in order to come up with ministries? Hey, what can we do to make a, make a difference? What can we do to, to have an impact? How can we serve? And we're trying, working our fingers to the bone to try and come up with something that will be workable. Something where we can build relationships and, and, and somehow get a, get a foot in the door when it comes to ministry. Now, the county health department is coming to us and saying, will you please work with us? That is unheard of. That doesn't happen. I mean, I've, been, I've pastored in four different states. I, I've been a part of uh, community ministries in many different places. And we have never had a, an organization as large as the county health department coming to us and saying, be our spiritual advisor in this endeavor. And so now we are the sole spiritual component and advisor on this committee. There is no other church involved. It's the Port Charlotte Seventh-day Adventist Church. And that relationship has grown. It's not just sitting on that committee. And LaDonna, by the way, is the one that sits on that committee. Um, it just never worked with my schedule. LaDonna has been sitting on that. And she comes, always comes fired up to our staff meetings with all the things she's learning and ways we can be involved. And now they've asked us, you know, there are children born in the NICU. You know, you know what the NICU is. That's where newborns go um, when they're not healthy. And so they're, they're preemies, or in our county, as is often the case, they're born uh, with substance abuse issues from the, from the mother. So there's a lot of issues with these newborns. And they've said, we desperately need chaplaincy. Our hospital doesn't provide it. Do you think your church could provide chaplaincy services to these new families in the NICU? So now we have a chaplain working with the hospitals in the NICU units. Oh, and just by the way, we happen to have a retired pastor here who is trained in chaplaincy and worked as a chaplain for many years. The, place, the pieces are being put in place, as you can see. We also have had such an impact that, that employees from the health department, they, you know, they're going out into these families and they're seeing these needs and they're seeing the challenges and they're coming back and they're discouraged or they know they're about to go do a visit with a very challenging family. And one of the, the people that we're working with, she, before she goes out to some of those homes, she'll call us up and say, I need prayer. Can I come over and pray with you? Or they just left an extremely challenging situation and they're discouraged and they stop by and pray. It's truly an incredible thing that God is doing. Another thing that starts this Thursday, this Thursday is a nutrition class sponsored by the, health, the Department of Health. And we have been asked, before they give their nutrition presentation, their healthy living presentation, if we could give a short Bible study and prayer in the beginning and then prayer at the end and be willing to contribute throughout, throughout the presentation. So the health department is bringing classes here and saying, will you please study the Bible with these people? God is moving in powerful, powerful ways. 
and he's putting these chess pieces in place that none of us could have imagined before. All right, Kevin, I think I'm frozen here. Can you move me on if, if possible? Maybe our computer's frozen. There we go. Remember Habakkuk? The vision is for the appointed time. It's not always exactly what we pray for. It's not always exactly what we envision. It's not necessarily the, the, the ground that we covered in the past, like we saw in Acts. It, it's not exactly what we're comfortable with all the time, things that we've done before. Sometimes the pieces are put in place and the answer to our prayers come in different ways because I believe, this is what I believe wholeheartedly, that God wants to place the Fort Charlotte Church back at the forefront and the cutting edge of community services. He wants to use our ministries in, in new ways, rediscovering or reclaiming what was so great about those ministries in the past. So, we have voted as a ministry council and as a board that our community services building will be transformed into a family resource and play center. How could we not respond that way when God is saying, I'm blessing you like this and blessing you like that and blessing you like that and blessing you like that and everything is pointing in one direction? Why wouldn't we respond that way? I know it's not what everyone has expected in the past. It's not what's been done in the past. But I just want you to please consider it's possible that as you were praying for God to rescue Rainbow's End, to rescue community services, God's saying, I am. It's just I'm putting pieces in place and it's going to look a little different. Because there is great, absolute great need in our community. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. What is a family resource and play center? This is a picture of what it might look like. Because families, one of the great needs that we've heard from the health department and others is that families don't have anywhere to go in Charlotte County. They don't have anywhere to go. Especially young families with small children. There aren't as many things to do as as there should be in this area. And literacy is an issue, and child abuse is an issue. So what a family resource and play center is, is this. It's a place where parents bring their small children, and they do not drop them off. Make sure you hear that. They're not dropping their children off they're staying and playing with their children. And we have things like comfortable chair, rocking chairs so mothers can read to their children and rock with them. We have play equipment so those children can come in there and play and the parents are playing with the kids. Um, we have, we have, oh man, I, I, I got ahead of myself. We would have stages with dress-up clothes so the kids can have imaginative play and there would be Legos and there would be just, when the kids walk in there, they go, whoa, I'm not leaving, Mom. <laughs> and here's the key to this. You and me, as we volunteer there. Because the key is now, you and I become caring people to minister to young families who need it desperately. So you and I build relationships with those parents because they're staying. They're not dropping those kids off. So now we volunteer at the center and we get to know these parents because these kids, one, don't want to leave and two, they want to stay for a long time when they're there because it's so much fun to be there. And because they want to stay there, you and I become surrogate grandmas and grandpas and aunties and uncles to these kids and to these families. Amen. People need Christ-like mentors. Now more than ever before. I'm going to show you at the end of this just how much our county is struggling and how desperately we need this. But people need those godly mentorships. They need these, someone to listen to them 
someone to, to pray with them, someone to, to get them the help that they need. And I know some people think, you know, we close community services, so how do they have access to the help that we need? Through us. We're connected to the health department now, aren't we? And now we who volunteer at this center are, are getting to know these parents and, and, and these children and hearing their needs and hearing their interests. And we say, let me connect you with the right people for the help that you need. And for most of them, or all of them, it's going to be, let me connect you to Jesus. And so here we build these relationships with these families and these young children. We form those trusting bonds. We form that love in a time of life that's so absolutely needed and necessary. And oh, by the way, when your kids get to school age, we have a Christian school right across the field over here. That will be an important step for your, for your, your kids to be a part of. You see, a family resource center is, Kevin, if you could advance me again, says when the Wi-Fi signal is low. I wonder if that means from this. But the, the goal of a family and, and parent resource center is to be a safe place to play and the best place to find caring people. People are lonely, people need help, people are hurting, they are addicted, they don't know how to be parents. Can you imagine what it would be like? I know a lot of, a lot of us raising our kids had to call our parents and say, what do I do? Did you know that there are a lot of people that don't have parents that they can call and ask those questions of? What if that was us? Did you know that there are 1,300 homes in our area where the grandparents are the sole, have sole custody of their grandchildren, meaning the parents aren't in the picture? Can you imagine the need for those grandparents raising little children on their own? We can be that help. We can be that bridge. It can be us. What is it? It's a place where parents bring their small children and stay with them as they play. A place where, that offers learning through play, socialization, arts, crafts, science, and toys that kids wouldn't find at home, especially kids that don't have, the, the family doesn't have a lot of money to provide wonderful toys and play experiences. A place where parents can make new friends. A place where we become friends and mentors to young parents a place where relationships grow and we can offer classes and events and clubs around needs and interests. Here's where we all get involved. Because some of you are thinking, you know, I, I don't know if I can really build a relationship with a young family. Here's where we all get involved. Okay, let's say Gabriel is an old grump. But the only time when old grumpy Gabriel is in a good mood is when he's playing chess. Okay? Now, we find a whole bunch of young families where there's a big interest, maybe in some of the kids. I've had this experience before. Even some of the kids, they love to play chess. Now, old grumpy Gabriel, who could never find a ministry in the church, now I go to old grumpy Gabriel, and I say, Gabriel, I got a ministry for you. How would you like to host a chess club night at the family center? He would love it. See how this works. Or it's small engine repair, or it's oil changes, or it's, it's I, the sky's the limit. Because people have interests. I, I was part of a class called Cooking for Dummies. And I wasn't teaching it. <laughs> Quiet over here. <laughs> Quiet over here, my wife's making a little too much noise. But cooking for dummies. So we have families or parents or dads that don't know how to cook. We host cooking classes, easy cooking. See, the sky's the limit. We can do anything as we build these relationships. And we have all of these people with different life experiences and different knowledge sets and backgrounds and connections and, and all of these things. And then we become 
the next level of friendship and connection for people through interesting things. Maybe we have the little children's librarian come in once a week and we have story hour. Oh, and maybe the kindergarten and pre-K class comes over from the school and sits for story hour too. Now we've connected our, our school with our center families. Are you with me? You're seeing this. See, God's put all these pieces in place for a great need in our county. It's a place where relationships grow and we can offer classes, events, clubs around needs and interests. Here's some pictures of uh, past centers similar to what we could have. It doesn't have to look exactly like this. There's a mom playing with her kids in, in a playhouse, a play kitchen. Uh, here is another one in a different, a different place. There aren't a lot of these around. There's a few examples, but you can see the comfortable seating for the parents and the fun things for the kids to do. Uh, you can see back there in the back, there's cubbies with play dresses and there's a stage back there and a slide. And some of you are thinking, well, what about the insurance costs? I checked. <laughs> there isn't any extra. Amen. Because it's things that Adventist Risk Management expects churches to be doing anyway. It's children's ministry. There isn't any extra cost as far as insurance goes. Here's another example. There's a, there's a tree house platform, a fort with a twisty slide and art easels and comfortable seating. See, the sky's the limit when it comes to this. Think about how much sense this makes. It's a feeder for our school. It meets many unmet needs that Charlotte County has identified as of major concern. I'm going to end with those here in a minute. It allows for us to form mentorships and friendships with young families in our area. And by the way, by the way, by the way, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. And this is not an insult. It's just reality. We need more young families in this church. It's a sobering thought to think what this church is going to be like in 15 years if we don't grow with young families. We need to get younger in a hurry. So this also serves our vision as a church to connect with more young families. It allows us to reach a demographic that is desperately needed as we move forward in the mission of our church. It allows us to do again what made community services and Rainbows End special. Think about this. What was the best part of community services? The connections, the help, the, the connecting people with resources, the relationships that were built, right? Rainbow's End, early intervention into children's lives, education, connecting with parents, name recognition for our church. This is exactly both those things. Exactly both those things. Just in a new way, God was putting the pieces in place. And this is, a, this is something where Everybody can be involved. Well, I can't teach a class. You know what you can do? You can put toys together. Because a good center rotates out its toys and its play experiences, so things are going to be needed to put away. Toys are going to need to be put together and placed back in, in the place of those other toys. There's constant movement in a wonderful center like this. Something for everybody to do. And for those of you that love demo... I do. There's going to be a demo day coming up really soon. Where we go knock down some walls because what we will be doing is clearing floor space in there. We need to knock down those walls, open things up so that it can be more better uh, suited for this purpose. And by the way, just any purpose. Just any purpose moving forward. Here's an example of those, examples of those classes possibly that could take place. We believe that God has chosen in his time. Remember, the vision is for an appointed time. That's what we read, right? It's for an appointed time. To return the Port Charlotte Seventh-day Adventist Church to its place on the cutting edge of ministry in Charlotte County. Amen. The forefront, the cutting edge, the very forefront. And this is the slide I want to leave you with. We can, we must, and we will. God has put the Port Charlotte Seventh-day Adventist Church in this area for such a time as this. He's built this relationship with the health department because I want you to read 
the state of our county. Charlotte County has twice the rate of child abuse than the average rate in Florida. Children are twice as likely to be abused in Charlotte County than they are in other counties in our state. We are the third worst county in Florida for child abuse. 1,300 grandparents are the sole caregivers for their grandkids in our county. 22% of babies in Bayfront Hospital are born with substance exposure. Think about that. That's almost a quarter of all the babies born in that hospital have substance exposure. 52% of children from Charlotte County that were tested were not ready for kindergarten, over half. 27% of students tested needed significant, not just a little bit of intervention or extra help, 27%, over a quarter of them, needed significant intervention for kindergarten readiness. Can you read with a, with a young child? This is one of the best times you'll ever have. If you don't have grandkids or you never have kids of your own, I guarantee you, you put a little one on your lap and you open up a fun book and your heart will melt. It is one of the most glorious experiences in human life. And just reading to these kids can be an intervention for them. Our county is three times higher than the state rate for behavioral and emotional disabilities in children. We can help. We must help. And we will help. And this is a way that we can. We can intervene in the lives of these children and these families by being positive mentors. We can be tutors for little children going into kindergarten and helping them learn to read. We can do this. This is something that's so attainable and so easy for you. And What if we were known as the, the changing point for this county when it came to substance abuse in the life of young children, or their parents, and kindergarten readiness? What if we were known as the ones that put a dent in it? We can do this and we should do this. How dare we not try? God has put us here for a reason in such a time as this. He's built up, unbeknownst to anybody, he's built up this relationship with the health department. And they have asked us, what can you do to be involved? How dare we not respond? And we will respond. And we have a way that we can respond. It makes so much sense, and God has been moving the pieces behind the scenes for a long time. He didn't answer the prayers that we thought we needed in the way that we thought we needed, but lo and behold, here we are, and the prophecy is right in front of us, and he's saying, run. Run. Do it. Get up and run. Be the church. Follow the mission. Fulfill the prophecy. And, the, and he's saying, here it is. Will you run? And I'm here to tell you, I'm going to run. How about you? You're going to run? You're willing to take the ball and run with this? If that's you, will you stand with me as we have closing prayer? Father in heaven, we're standing today because we want to answer a call. You've been placing a lot of pieces in place. Lord, we thank you for making this church over decades the place for cutting-edge ministry to make a difference. Lord, we praise you for that. We learned a lot from that. But Lord, in the recent the last year or so, you've shown us that it was time for those types of ministries to phase out because you were putting the pieces in place for a new type of ministry. Lord, the babies that live in our community need help. They need our help. And you have put every piece in place for us to do that. And so we're standing here today because we see the prophecy and we commit to run. We will run to these families. 
We will run to their aid. We will provide a safe place for them to play and learn. We will be the people who will draw alongside of them to build relationships and friendships with them and get them the help that they need. Us, we, this family, this church. Thank you for this vision and thank you, Lord, for the blessing of placing this in our laps. And today, Lord, we're committing. We're committing together to respond because we see it. But we know that there are some folks that would have hoped things could have been recovered the way that they are. But Lord, you, you ended that. You told us that that time was over. So here we are in a new phase, in a new day, in a new era, with a new ministry that reclaims the best things about our community services and about Rainbow's End. And Lord, we have a school for these children to go to. We have loving Christian people with many gifts and talents to be Christian mentors. Lord, we're right here, and now we're extending our arms to receive these families. They need us. They need more than immediate help. They need friendships and mentorships. They need Jesus. Lord, bless us as we move forward. Lord, we need you. Keep us unified. Keep us together. Keep our mission in focus. Keep encouraging us. Keep showing us the way. We need you, Lord. We can't do this on our own. We didn't even come up with this on our own. You laid it in our lap. So, Lord, we need you every step of the way. We plead. We pray. We desperately need your Holy Spirit. But today, Lord, we're responding because we see the pieces in place. And you've said, when you see the prophecy, run. And today, we're going to run. We're going to run to answer that call. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, let everyone say, Amen. Amen.